if you are happy, if you can feel that inner sense of happiness and can obviously progress and have growth and things like that, which you need to be happier and, and, and build pleasure and, and progress, then that, that helps so much. A happy person is a better manager. A happy person is a better leader. A happy person is a better parent. A happy person is a better friend, better business owner. It's, it's vital. So if you can focus on that and get that and appreciate that happiness isn't always going to be there. You're not always going to be on form. You're not always going to be passionate. You're not always going to be on fire and have all of the answers. But accept that if you can focus on happiness and deliver that, you can deliver so many things better. This is Sam Chance and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. Imagine you need to write your life story in form of a book already. What cover will you have? What table of content? What planned next chapters? Chapters of My Life podcast is an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audio book format, capturing the willpower and belief of people drawing important life change decisions. In this audio conversational podcast, innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, and idealists giving an insight into their past life from a young age till today and maybe future untold plans. Covering topics all around sports, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, yoga, meditation, and much more. Everything which lead to the person they are today. I met Sam back in 2013, during an NGO work of one of my social initiatives back in London. Five years later, I'm very glad to interview him and dig deeper into how his book could look like. Sam is the founder of All In, CEO and millennial speaker at 20-someone. He works with over 140 individuals specializing in millennials, delivered workshops and keynotes to over 3,000 people. In a nutshell, his intensive coaching shifts young people's personal and professional life from the inside out. Sam truly believes that happy people win, and he keeps repeating this, not just on social media, but also during this podcast. And that's how he chose his book title. So he called it All In, Happy People Win. And he chose eight chapters, starting with the first one called Start With Why. Second chapter, Individuals. Third one, Reality. Fourth one, Don't Conform to the Shirt. The fifth, Turning Point. The sixth, 20-someone. Seven, Figuring Out. Last but not least, eight, stay humble. In his next chapter in his life, he talked a little bit more about experimenting, doing more things that challenge me. And that's what he wants to have in his next chapter in his life. So how about we just start? I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hi, Sam. How are you? <laughs> very, very well. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Brilliant weather actually today in London, I think. <laughs> it's a bit cloudy, isn't it? It's meant to be sunny tomorrow, but then it just changed the other day, so it's... Uh, it's never sunny when I'm in London. Always sunny. Always sunny. <laughs> so I mentioned that in the intro, your current work did a short intro, um, whoever uh, could hear. What I will start with is something which you ask actually everyone on Instagram mm. and social media. And you might remember that post, what you did, but I will ask you now, because it's on Instagram or in social media, you're asking that out to other people. So could you finish that sentence to me? Um, finish this sentence. The key to happiness is? Acceptance. Why acceptance? Interesting. 
So it's an interesting story. So I felt for a long time, and even on the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, which I'm sure we'll get into, that it was always about the next thing, about growth. And for me, I thought for a long time, happiness for me was going to be about having status and being really liked by people, almost worshipped. That's what it was like. And the best thing indirectly that came out of this journey was for me to start to understand that it wasn't about that for me. It was about me really understanding about accepting aspects of myself that are good, aspects of myself that are a bit darker and aspects of myself that are always evolving or a bit confusing and a bit foggy and a bit messy, which we all have. And I really got to that stage maybe two years ago where I really became very easy with myself and almost gave myself permission to express, explore, take risks, um, be super open. I mean, you know, you got this from my Instagram, which I'm, I'm starting to regret now if I don't my Instagram. But <laughs> you uploaded it online. Exactly, exactly. What's online is online. And it's, um, be, you'll see from my Instagram that it is, as much as, you know, the Instagrams are nice pictures and nice filters and things like that, which we all do, that's part of the game, that's part of the online world it's it's very much me and i can very much stand behind everything i say and everything i put out there and be very confident and uh, and clear on that so for me happiness is is about acceptance um and that goes through all the work i do and all the people that i'm around when you say acceptance also you also do you also look back uh, when you started everything because um, i'm going to mention that later in, in the chapters a little bit I uh, cover that, but when you say acceptance, do you also need to accept yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think acceptance yourself. starts there. I mean, it's quite a spiritual thing to look at. I mean, we're going deep straight away, which I love. But acceptance, it has to come from within. And that's just about, as I said, accepting all the different facets of yourself. Um, because it's very, very difficult to be very accepting and... Uh, giving and helpful if you don't give those things to yourself it's almost like giving from an empty empty space that I find I would be very very poor at my job if I wasn't able to embody some of the things I talk about and I plus I would feel like a bit of a fraud I think we all can especially young people which are the people I tend to work with in their you know, sort of 20s 30s tends to be the people that I tend to chat to and communicate with and Uh, the, the big challenge is that they have this sense of imposter syndrome. They have this sense of, oh, you know, what if I get found out? What if people suddenly realize, you know? And I I get that. And I, as though it's a good thing because it can push you forward, you've also got to beware of that little evil voice in your head that's trying to, you know, be critical, trying to, like, keep you back, trying to hold you back. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You've got to have it first. You've got to be able to have that sense of ease. That's just how I how I put it, just being at ease with yourself everything starts from there whether the things in business that we're talking about or even if you think about it now man when you're out on a, a date even or you're in a meeting or you're in a podcast like yeah. this yeah. I'm comfortable with whatever's going to happen because I have a sense of ease it wasn't always there trust me and we'll probably go into that it yeah. wasn't at all but now I can confidently say that it is there which gives you a bit of freedom I remember very well the first time we met I think it was four years ago was it four yeah 2015 Five? I think it was yeah 14 15. three four yeah. years ago um in an NGO where you talked in front of underprivileged teenagers mm -hmm. in a shelter. And I remember very well the way, the peace you transferred to them, the talking style, the way you created some trust between them. And I think this is very unique to you as well. The mm -hmm. way you actually 
build trust from the very first few minutes, first minutes, with people you, you never met before. Mm-hmm. I think this is very unique, and I think this might, or this is actually something which other people remember very well from you, building yeah. trust from the first few moments onwards. It's, and I remember that NGO uh, mm-hmm. when we talked with, yeah. a, with, a, with a few teenagers down there. It's interesting you say that because a lot of people think that they're just born with something and, and that's it, whether it's a weakness or it's a strength. And, um, you know, we talk about nature and nurture and things like that. And it, it, the great thing about this journey and everybody's journey in life is that you can look back and see where you maybe have got things from because a lot of people look at their upbringing and, and things like that. And I'm very lucky to have um, a mum who's very caring, like a typical mum, puts everyone to walk, like in front of herself, um, very sensitive person. And then my dad, who's very positive, very driven, very much about necks and very organised and structured and disciplined. And I've, even though I maybe naturally have those traits, you learn those traits as well. You see those behaviours and you see how you can adapt them yourself with your own unique traits and, and, and personality. So when you say something like that, it's like part of it is I find some of those things a bit easier because I like I just like people and I, I really like seeing beyond people. If that makes sense, it's a bit deep. I like I like trying to figure out Figure out's probably the wrong word, but I like I like trying to see beyond what they're actually saying, beyond the words, you so know. The why? Yeah, you mentioned that in one yeah. of the posts. The why? Why did they actually start at that? Why yeah. did they? In in a in a work like in a work sense, it's great. I know when to switch that off, um, but it's I always try and approach things the same way, and it, I, I think it's part of a, a famous poem by a guy called. Kipling, I can't remember his first name. It's like walk with kings, but never lose the common touch. I love being around people that have made amazing things and have done really well. And maybe, you know, you even feel a bit nervous in front of them. Yeah. And then I love being around people that are yeah, every day just getting after it. Just awesome people, you know. And I think you should always be the same around people, you know. Always, you know, carry your values. That integrity is very important. It's not easy sometimes. I just wanted to say that's easier said than done. Yeah, Actually, that's it, one of the biggest challenges for the majority of the people out there, especially for millennials as well. For huge, young huge. Just emerging adults in general. Everybody yeah. coming from that sort of 18, 21, 25, 30, 35. It's, it's difficult because you're still finding your feet. It's normal. Um, but, yeah, it's something that I love and I, I try and practice. Don't always get it right. But, um, yeah, something I like to do. Let me... F- Quotes, something. Um, I saw that on your website. Um, someone where you actually coached. Um, he said, I remember a few days before my meeting with Sam, I nearly cancelled. I had reached a point where I felt useless, worthless, undeserving of succeeding as an entrepreneur. When he said he was nearly, he nearly cancelled the meeting, he was close to give up. Mm-hmm. What do you usually say to people who have cancelled the meeting already? I assume many cancelled the meeting, I assume. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you try to bring them back to the, to, to the conversation? It's, it's weird as you were saying that. I've actually felt quite... Um, i say gutted is probably a strong word, but I felt quite sad because it, it that does happen a lot. A lot of people want to make changes, um, but they soon give up when they realize it requires a bit of effort you know change comes in going to meetings change comes in making the call change comes from doing that small little action and a lot of people don't go through that because of the fogginess the confusion the limitations that they put on in their head which is completely understandable and we all have them it's just how we manage them and hopefully how we overcome some of them as well 
when I find that people are just about to stop doing something or stop coming from a meeting, it's tough because on one side, as a coach by trade, which is a part of what I do, it's about you've got to be professional. You've got to, you know, you've got to understand that you can try and guide them, but you can't force anyone. The other side of that, though, is is looking at you have to understand as an individual that it comes down to personal responsibility or some, just ownership. No matter what this person you're talking about or anybody else that wants to go to something or maybe you know gets a bit scared or other priorities take over or they think it's not quite for them, even though you know that it is for them and it can be really helpful and beneficial, you cannot put your energy or your attachment into that as a coach. And why? Because if you do that, then you become one of those people that's always trying to please and always trying to control everything outside of them. And if I did that, um, really fortunate now to have more of a community and a growing community. If I did that with everyone and thought, oh, they got to do that, and it's like I had to lead that, I'd be clutching on so many different things. All my energy would be expended, and I'd be exhausted. You know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be done. I wouldn't be able to deliver creatively. I wouldn't be able to manage my team and our vision. So, have you been at that stage in the past when yeah. you started? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, loads of times. Um, you know, I think one of again probably talk about a lot of lessons one of the biggest lessons is, is managing my energy I said my mum's a very sensitive person I'm an incredibly strong person quite a masculine person I would describe but you might disagree but I would describe that but then on the other side I have so much of my mum in me where she's a sensitive person you know she, that is in she feels emotions and senses people and gets it which is great for some things I do but then on the side of a journey if you want to progress in your career or you want to build a business If you're sensitive, you, you feel everything. So if you do too much or push outwards, and it's the same with introverts as well, if you do too much, that energy bank account, if you will, just gets spent and then yeah. you end up in the red and you're just spending and spending and spending all the time. And yeah, I've been in it loads. It's, it's It was a big challenge in relationships in the past with you know relationships with girls I've been with and um, I've got it a lot better. But it's one of those things, I just call them dangers that you just have to keep on your radar. Because mm. if I take advantage of that and think, oh, no, I'm sorted now, everything's all good, I can manage this, you know, and all that. It's just, it's not true. If yeah. I if I take the mick and don't, you know, I think when it comes it. to coaching also young people, it comes down to the point where you need to also look after yourself. Mm. When you run out of energy, you cannot help anyone in the end of the day. Yeah. So you really have to prioritize as well and, um, and see yourself as priority. Because otherwise, when you are not function anymore, you don't support, you can't support anyone else anymore. Mm. And you leave, you, you let them alone, literally. And that's very important, that you look after yourself too. Yeah. Especially when you're very passionate about, mm. you get a lot of requests. Mm. Three simple words, happy people win. That's happy it. Happy people win. I talk okay. about it all the time. Um, it is something that is so important. I mean, it's weird looking on the outside, you think, <laughs> I, I've never, and we talked about this before the podcast, that I've never felt in that realm of, I'm a coach, or... I help people. I've never, I've just never clicked with it. I don't know why. So I need to go. I said we need Stereo a therapy kind session. Of thing, yeah. I've never fitted into that, and it all it, it messed me up for a long time. I was like, oh, I don't identify with this. And well, so you would think from the outside, it's like you know self help. It's like the goo sort of thing. It's all that, and I just I cannot see that at all. But it's it's weird. Like this this idea of happy people win, not just focusing on you know success traits and things like that. There's things to do with that, but it's not. I just focus on if you are happy. If you can feel that inner sense of happiness and can obviously progress and have growth and things like that, which you need to be happier and, and, and build pleasure and, and progress, then 
that, that helps so much. A happy person is a better manager. A happy person is a better leader. A happy person is a better parent. A happy person is a better friend, better business owner. It's it's vital. So if you can focus on that and get that and appreciate that happiness isn't always going to be there. You're not always going to be on form. You're not always going to be passionate. You're not always going to be on fire and have all of the answers. But accept that if you can focus on happiness and deliver that, you can deliver so many things better. I guarantee now if I was in a foul mood with you now, because I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to speak freely. I'd be almost like trying to be my representative yeah. or trying to like, you know, cage up a bit. You know, it's, it's again, these things are easy on paper. But if you can just focus on that, happy people win. And it's, it's, it's super important to me. So when, I, when you talk about happy people win, mm. and I look into your book and I open before mm. I open it. Good title. Do I see smiley faces on no. the book cover? No. I, um, what do I see on the book cover? Well, um, a, a publisher I, would want that, yeah, uh, but I would... What do you want? <laughs> um, I have a constant... It would be your own illustrator. I have a constant in, in a battle with, with, with this idea of happiness and what that is. Because, again, if you look at what I put out there, and I've got in trouble for this in the past uh, with, like, our directors and stuff like that, because I put stuff out there like, Sam, you shouldn't be putting that out there. That makes you... That's not marketable that's people aren't going to be put, people are going to be put off by that like a smile or like no no, no it's like things that are a bit darker sorry i didn't make that clear okay. but like as in like you know always got to be seen happy always got to be explaining the positive all those sorts of things whereas i share not all the time most you know maybe what five percent ten percent i put out there but just go on my website and look at my blogs my blogs talk about I'll, I'll tell you specifically about the time that i took concentration drugs to try and take a shortcut and li- and seriously fuck myself when well, i swear on here yeah, I'll just have anyway, but see, it's mess myself. It's an editing process. <laughs> Thanks God for editing. I forgot to ask you, but but seriously mess myself up. How I was overworking and completely burning the candle at both ends and then end up like literally passing out on the train. Thought I was having a stroke, but I was actually, my body was in something called a catabolic state. Just so many things where I've messed, how I had like panic attacks initially um, speaking. So I talk a lot about the darkness because it has to be there. You you need that. You know, why I got into all of this was because of mental health in my family and what and naively wanted to change all of that. And uh, I think in the book it would be, yeah, happy faces, but, you know, you've got happiness is, is not driven is the wrong word. I'm trying to find the right words, but it's a part of it, the light and the dark. That's the human experience that we all need. And mm. you should never shy away from that. That's why I've never fitting into the self-help Lamborghini, uh, fake tan, terrible suit sort of self-help guru i mean the word itself happiness you know happiness factor in many countries you know it's like some countries measure the happiness by the way the number of items they purchase you know it's like the short-term happiness versus the long-term happiness yeah i read the 2017 one totally it's generally going down america's been going down for about i think nine years now in a row they've gone down on their happiness but they they measure different economic things and and all that so yeah yeah it's a big issue so no smiles on the cover what what else would i see Instead of smiles, what would I see? What would I? This is hard. Before we go into into the chapters in mm. details. Yeah, it, this is hard for or me because I'm a very much a, I'm a I'm a feely person. I go off my gut. I go off feeling. But if I was to see a cover right now, um, I think it would be an action shot. It would be something where just like. Um, we did before we did the podcast. I said, I'll stick the camera on and it'll catch us in action. I like action shots. Um, you know, we all like the old pose when we all like the odd one when we're looking a bit more tanned and we're smiling and, and we get the right angle. We all love that, um, even though some of us won't admit it, we do. And But I love stuff that are in action, are capturing a moment, almost documenting. So what I would see is me probably um, in the moment, like capturing even something like this or capturing a moment where I'm just in flow, whatever that is, whether I'm happy. I, yeah, just, just that. I, I think that would capture me a bit more and other people involved as well because it's not... 
all of my stuff I do is not me. It's absolutely not like my uh, support, uh, head support coach, amazing directors. They're all phenomenal, you know. Um, so it is not. It would be. It would capture a lot of people, and it would be in the moment and capturing me and those people in flow. Would be the title related to that? Would the title be like I'm kind of like happy, action? I'm, I'm kind of like in happy people win now, and I'm starting to think. Happy do I, people win now. I'm, I'm starting to think. Happy people win. Is that the title? Yeah, I, well, I'm thinking because I, I don't. I kind of don't want to chuck you commission now because you've probably helped me with that. <laughs> I would. It would probably be initially thinking it would probably be all in because that's what that's what I live my life by. That's what I've built a platform off, and you know, moved into a business, and um, so yeah, it would probably be all in because you know, as much as I talk about the deep things and, and, and as much as it's who I am as a person I'm always thinking how can I get this message in as many people's hands as possible and for that you've got to look at it as you know a, a platform a movement a business you've got to look at all of those sides you've got to think okay how can I move this across because I believe in it I, I, I do live it don't always get it right but I, I, I really do live this so with that I'm thinking how can I get this outwards to the right people as much as possible because you know these happy happiness um, schools that we talk about and studies you know they're, they're not showing some great things uh, Prince's Trusted one really recently that my head support coach Chanel put out the other day and um, man the, the figures are not good our own in-house research that I've done as part of initially 20 someone that, you know, one of my other platforms some of the stuff there like 71% of people expected to be more successful than they are today that means that people expect to be doing better but the reality is different and as we all know the gap between expectation and reality often form stress because we think oh, I'm not quite there I'm not quite good enough you know? but it's also what the society tells you to do absolutely um, when I open the book mm. well let's go back where would I find the book first of all when I go in the library you in, said it's all in happy people win I guess it's not in the history section in all good or maybe it's in history in all good bookstores <laughs> around book the corner stores. available now <laughs> um. uh. self-help Oh, Section yeah, well-being, we're, we're, we're maybe in that. several locations. Yeah, all I, I over think the place, I, maybe in the sales section. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't think I'd do that. I think it would, I think if I'm, I'm being honest, I imagine that it would be in a self-help section. Self-help. I'd imagine it would be in, in well-being, self-help. I imagine it would be there because that's the realm it is. You've got to work with it. As much as I, parts of me resisted that, and that's part of being, I believe, part of my success is I've almost forged my own way. Um, I think you know that's where people that need it would want to find it. It's interesting that you mentioned self-help because you mentioned before uh, the word help. Mm-hmm. I think we did ask, uh, we discussed it before the podcast. The mm-hmm. word help, something which is less, you know, you less resonate with the word help. Yeah. How else would you describe self-help? Just growth and ownership growth. And, growth. and stuff like that I think you know I, I people have all the answers I've never worked I've worked with I've been lucky enough to work with I think it's just under 400 actually I said over 400 the other day and I looked back at it and I thought actually no it's just under 400 and um, this is people privately that I work with that work with me one-to-one in a coaching environment and ev- anywhere from students everyday, pe- everyday people like me and you um business owners managers up to you know like celebs and public figures and social influencers even so the people you see online and that experience has taught me that they all have the answers there they really do they just need someone or something just to trigger or push them in a certain direction guide them and then they come up with it and then why coaching is so beautiful and why talking to and having conversation and dialogue so beautiful is that once you 
own something yourself, you come up with the answer in yourself and you unlock it, it's like, oh, then you own it and then you want to take it forward. If I just said now to you about how to do a podcast, which I'd never be able to do anyway, but let's just say I did know about it and told you it wouldn't be as good as the, what, three, four months you said that you looked at the different equipment and how you're going to do it. And now you can see this is an awesome setup and this is your setup. It's your way. These headphones are you. They're not my idea. They're your, you see it, you own mm-hmm. it. And then it's, it's just a lot more, I don't know, you're just connected to it and then you do more. And then because you do more, you get better results. Exactly. And you believe you more, build confidence. Time. You know? yeah. Simple. I opened the book and usually you have copyright section or you have a thank you note. Is there something, and we're going to cover this in a bit uh, in chapters, is there something which other people should not copy? What should go under copyright? Is there something in your life where you say, don't copy that for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, another I, copyright. <laughs> I just it's just a basic rule. Um, I've and just speaking from experience, just don't copy anyone. Be inspired by people, just don't copy them. So, so the whole story yeah. itself. The, if if anybody, you... if anybody, there's it, two things here. And I, I had a conversation with um, uh, someone I used to do work with a while ago, and um, I I said this. I said I we having a conversation about where twenty someone and all in, which wasn't named at the time, was going to go, and I said. I'll be absolutely honest with you. If someone can come in and I see that they can do this better and they can deliver it better, I will completely step aside. As in somebody that could take it over or be the face of it or CEO, chairman, whatever. I will step aside because this is much bigger than me. This is, as much as I love this and I feel that it's an extension of who I am and what I've learned and then also the stuff outside that's not subjective. So things like the research that we've done, you know, because it's built off that. Um, If somebody came along that I felt had it, um, and could take it further, then I would give it to them. I mean, you, people, their egos get in the way and they think that because I came up with this idea, this is my idea. This is not, I don't own this. Um, even now, like as we speak, I'll be getting comments through on, on social media and people will be commenting, replying to other people's comments or people will be answering other people's questions because that, it becomes a, a life itself. That's how a, a real community works and a, and a movement works. So, um, I mean, copyright, I wouldn't, you know, there's, I, I, I wouldn't it's a difficult one because one side of me is thinking they're logical and the other side is like what I believe it's, it's I mean, a tough one you know copyright I mean you know there are some parts in each life where you say don't do that when mm. you are a parent mm. don't do that you know mm. uh, don't become like me or do a, don't do certain things I've done in my life mm. whereas you also want that others might not copy but might follow certain directions which are good for them mm you know, to learn from you, actually. Let me give you a perfect example. Um, So I'm training up um, our support coaches now. And um, one of the things that is key as I'm doing this is I'm not trying to indoctrinate them into how I coach or how I lead or how I guide or anything like that, because that's the way I do it, okay? There's basic principles and blueprints of how you do any sort of skill, but you want the person coming through because it's a conversation like we're having now or a coaching conversation or, or a, a working relationship you have with your colleagues or your manager. It's It has to flow. It's like art really, isn't it? And you've got to be able to express and give what it is that you are. You cannot try and do what other people say. As I said, you can be inspired by it. You can take things from people. Yeah. But there's always something off and with people when you see that they're just being their representative, which they've built off somebody that they look up to or or whichever else. And I, I'm doing it at the moment where I'm mentoring and coaching these people to make them better so that all of our customers and signups have the best experience they possibly can. And we're always learning. But to do that, and 
you can see them making mistakes. You can see them doing things that you think, oh, oh I think, you know, like, oh, they can do that better. But I'm just like on the other, I'm like, that's beautiful. That's that's it. That's how they're learning. And I want to guide them and say, okay, how would how would you do that? And then be able to give them the, the coaching to get them towards their best level. What Not what my best level is. Because I guarantee you they have certain skills, a certain way of doing Other things. Other potentials that are well. way, way better. Yeah. Who do you want to thank in the book? You know, when you usually open the first few pages, there's a thank you message. There's something in particular when you look back to your life. Mm. Who do you want to thank? I, I've got to be completely honest this is the first thing that came to my book and this is going to get me the people are going to think he's practicing or something I honestly the community and specifically nice. the people that have signed up already because in the early days we're only four months in five months into All In I mean five years into the whole journey of you know coaching and mentoring going to businesses and all, and all that malarkey but yeah I, honestly those people that are involved and are speaking out and talking and stuff like that and especially the ones that have had the courage to be able to say I don't get this or this isn't right or whatever because I might disagree with them yeah. but what it's done is it's made me sharpen up it's very easy in business and I don't think many entrepreneurs will admit this or people in product or people in work that have a skill it's very easy to get complacent about certain things like I see success is as soon as you get to a certain set stage and there's another level of success that you need to unlock just like those levels and I know at times and I probably will still do it in the future where I get complacent I think oh yeah I've got that I've got that nailed and with those people that come in and they always come in at the right time and you realise oh wait I ain't so you know I ain't so good or I haven't got that figured out or there's another there's another level to this those are the people I'd really thank People say like the haters, but to be honest with you, I've been quite lucky with that. I haven't had many, um, so maybe they, maybe I'm not doing something I right. I mean, you say thank you, you, you. It seems like to the to the community, you yeah. get a lot of energy back from them. Actually, I get loads. I get loads. Honestly, you get charged I, from that. It is. It's a fine line between like looking to people's say comments and discussions and DMs and emails and things like that as validation. Um, it's a very fine line not to do that, and I don't do that. I know I don't. The other side of it then is to get the energy from it and really connect to that person's taking time out of their day to give you either feedback or to give you energy or even if it's criticised and even if it's something to do with them to still like reach out and how you can learn from that because yeah. there's always something to be learned you know it's it's learn, a gift in everything you and, can learn a lot from others I started actually yeah. a couple of months ago I came across one quote and since that time I keep remembering this one every day so I can't remember exactly how it sounds but it's similar to like when you get up each day try to live the day and try to learn from others mm -hmm. so live each day and try to learn something new from someone else and when you live after this kind of you know statement you have one open mind you put away your ego actually want to learn something from someone else mm -hmm. and that's also the same also as a podcast I'm learning so much from other people and when you start each day with a thought in mind you're going to learn something new from someone who you might not have met before or you might met before from your colleagues but you learn something new you have a different mindset you have a complete different openness to that other person and less talk the more listen and the skill of listening is a skill which needs to be practiced as well because mm. so many times when we want to respond we don't l finish listening mm. to what the other person want to say mm. So, and that's actually very interesting, you know, and that's, that keeps you alive. Mm. You want to learn. Also, right now, learning a lot, mm. listening to you. And I think that's very important. Mm. Very, very important. Um, how many chapters? 
will be your book. Will it be like a short story book, yeah. like something you know to take away? Which will be done in, one, in 20 seconds <laughs> short to read? Chapter. Or is it like a big novel with 1,000 pages? No, How no, many no, chapters? No, no, no. Uh, short chapters, mm -hmm. um, to the point. Um, I like getting to the point, believe it or not. Um, and with that, I'm talking one, two, three pages each chapter, just taking you through the specifics of what it is. Um, I'm not a blessed writer. Um, I because my mind works like quickly and goes in different directions. Um, it's hard for me to sometimes channel, as you can probably tell in this conversation, into something specific. It's very easy to get mm. cut away. So, so yeah, it would be loads of chapters, but short ones. Lots of chapters. Mm -hmm. But they all start with the first one. What would be the first one? Well, the first one? Yeah. Would it be your childhood or would it be, what would be the first chapter? I think it's why I'd started. Why you started? Yeah. Why so I the start reason actually. Journey. Yeah. So why did you start? What did, sorry, uh, what did it also called? Why I start? That? Yeah. Why Just I started? The why? Title. Start with why? Yeah. Simon start. Sinek. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about Sponsored. copyright. Now we're talking about <laughs> copyright problems, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would start with the why, which is, so I told you a bit about my mum and dad. Um, I come from a middle-class background in Wales, um, good school, um, great family, two sisters, um, one of three, and um, a good experience. And unfortunately, just in my family, the big thing that has maybe overshadowed it is this um, yeah, cloud of mental health. And I knew from a young age about mental health. And I was very fortunate with mental health. As far as my mental health, looking Uh, other people, not just in my family, but in a, a wider, you know, the UK and beyond. I've been very fortunate. And f starting from my nan, who unfortunately passed away quite recently, she struggled all her life with it. And a lot of the women in my family really struggled. And that lit a bit of a, a fire within me to think, why are people experiencing this? Like, what's going on? Like, why is this there? And then what I wanted to do, my... <laughs> thought process was I'm going to solve mental health that was my initial thing and I had no idea where that would take me or what it was and before all of that I even started with anything like that I found myself unemployed um, coming out of a top 100 uh, university um, one of the best business schools and I was unemployed um, went on job seekers allowance which is like benefits or social welfare and just feeling really low like I was a failure because I come from good big I mean people have it 10 times worse than me and yet I, I you know I'm, I'm just sucking at life and um, yeah I did loads of like temp work and knew I wanted to start something and build something I wouldn't even call it a business really. I just wanted to start something I wanted to be to create something so this started as a Already in a teenage age, or yeah, even before. Definitely. Yeah, because I have, my, as I said, I have my experience of mental health. You know, things like you know, panic attacks and things when I was young, and really shook my confidence, and um, you know, got through those things. But you know, I I was incredibly lucky. But it 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 made me see that end of things. It made me be able to empathize with it, not just understand, but to really empathize with that is. And then people close to me experiencing it obviously um, lit the fire even more. What is Sam like in teenage age, or even childhood? Transition from childhood to childhood. Age. You mentioned about panic attacks. Yeah, that was, so, that was teenage, yeah. Do you have any, or even teenage, yeah, yeah. are there any um, special panic attack moments you remember? Yeah, specifically. Um, I was, it was 
uh, a few days after my 13th birthday and I was at home, it was on a Sunday and anyone that's had an anxiety attack or panic attack um, will understand this. Not these people that say, I've got anxiety, I'm having a panic attack, you know, when they just, you know, they're not. They're just the people on like MTV and all the celebs. It's not that, like genuine anxiety and panic. And I remember everyone that's had that will, will relate to this. And it was Sunday and I was feeling a bit off and I went into the bathroom, only 13, and went in there and then suddenly it just felt like the world just closed in on me. And as the world started closing on me, I just started to yell out for my parents, you know, I was a 13 year old, and I was just like, started yelling out for parents, like, mum, dad, mum, dad. And my dad came in and saw me hyperventilating. He didn't know what on earth was going on. And um, I was just in there, and I remember specifically looking over and looking over at the plug and literally just wanting to ram my fingers into that plug. I wanted to ram it and just end it. I'd never experienced anything like it, never had any sort of suicidal thoughts or extreme thoughts or anything like that. I was a kid, you know, I was 13. And just wanted it because I just could not put up with it. I thought that life was now this thing. I had no idea. And that moment was a big change in me. And that probably was the start of this journey unconsciously towards to where I am now. You know, it was that extreme start to get towards what I do now, which is all people and it's not really about mental it's about well-being it's about happiness it's about small steps it's about you know working together accountability all those sorts of things um mental health is a you know it's just the thing that really put the spark within me how big is the role from your parents at that time how was how big was the role um because i can imagine like 13 years old mm. uh, teenage age i just started with teenage age i guess the The role of the parents was very important in your case. Yeah, it was massive. Um, I, they must have experienced uh, many different things apart from you know fear, um, shame. Um, they were also frustrated because they couldn't really understand it. Maybe my mum more so, but my dad would never be able to like he could understand it, and he's so positive. And it was incredible, same as my mum. But it's like such a even back then it was still you know, really new in that environment. You know, it, now it's talked about a lot. People always talk about, oh, there's such mental health stigma. It's that. The stigma's not that bad anymore. I'm sorry people get pissed off at me for that, but the stigma because of celebrities speaking out and people doing amazing work, charities doing incredible work, the stigma is so much better in developed countries. Uh, but yeah, the, the role of my, my parents, you know, they, they had a tough time. You know, see, you know, watching someone suffer, I only imagine, you know, I can only relate with like, seeing other people in my family suffer who I care about and imagining like my niece and nephew who I love to death seeing them starting to struggle at a young age I just you know it's a it's a big thing and mum and dad were great um, and I owe them a lot to that but as in all things in life and even when it comes to these extreme things you have to take some responsibility and ownership not blame but take ownership and responsibility because that stuff is freeing. That is empowering, even no matter how low you are or how anxious you are, how out of control you might feel, it gives you an essence of control of thinking, I on some level own this. And that's a big, big thing with all things and, and mental health is no different. So you mentioned the first chapter, uh, why I started. Mm. So this panic attack, a mm. few of them. Mm. Were there one of the triggers as well? Is that something where you would put in the first chapter where you say, okay, I can, I can relate to that. That's why, you know, I come from as well, or I can have this mental health. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would, I think I would clear that in the book because I'm, I'm a super open person, sometimes too much. And I think then that may get me, uh, may get me in trouble, but like, 
I think I do not connect to that person. Okay. I can appreciate it, but I don't connect because when it's a long time ago, so that also helps. But I am such a different person from that. And it's not in any way like, oh, I'm ashamed of that person. I don't look, I appreciate it. And I look at all the amazing stuff that that has led me on. But it would be hard to really, you know, use that because that's that doesn't motivate me now. It doesn't motivate me. What motivates me is community, is conversations, is um, the people that I work with that I think are just incredible and they're growing all in and all our platforms is um, like people around me that I want to give an amazing life. You know, I'm motivated by those things. I'm motivated by the figures that I see all the time about where people struggle, how, you know, 43% of people struggle to get close to people in platonic relationships or romantic relationships. You know, I look at that and I think, man, I want to solve that because I believe I can. And that's what motivates me. That situation when I was 13 doesn't motivate me. I appreciate it, but, you know, it doesn't in the present day. So when we look into the second chapter, mm. second chapter, is it after teenage age or is it more further explanation uh, why you started where you are right now? What is the second chapter about? I'd go into like, like relating to the individual. Um, I think I'm quite lucky that because I've got the edge now by having these, you know, five years of working specifically on it, not just having a subjective experience because Everybody has an experience of what they think happiness is and success is and um, progress and well-being and fulfillment. Everyone has their own subjective idea of what that is. But now because I've been on the ground, been in the trenches, like I, I don't know if anybody knows, but like when I did my first public speaking thing, it was like 10 people. I was on top of a pub, um, really nervous. Um, what I, was it about? I think it was about confidence, you know. Confidence. And, and, I, then you were... <laughs> and I was doing that, you know, it's mad, isn't it? Most terrible. And I was doing that topic. and I was using, yeah, I know, it wasn't the easiest <laughs> thing to tough. do. But but yeah, again, put myself into that. And mm. like, and then now being a place of, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm bragging, because I've worked a lot really hard for this. It's like now it's over 100 uh, working as part of a public speaking bureau, which gets me to go to different like brands and work with businesses. You know, that came from from that place. And the research we did, you know, when it was, we were really lucky with that, something I developed called the time score, which measures people on their identity, their sense of meaning and self-esteem. That went across uh, five continents. So again, I've got to see beyond what I just think of my opinion. And by working one-on-one -on -one with incredible people, whatever stage they're at, I like to think that I'm able to have a, a deeper or more rounded understanding of people. And I'm still always learning, but then I would like then to start relating to people to say, this is probably what you're feeling. This is probably what's going on and almost normalize it. I'm one of these people that likes to make people feel comfortable. I would rather be uncomfortable than other people being comfortable. That's always been it. And that is a good thing. It also, again, there's a, there's a dichotomy to all these things, you know, but I like people to feel comfortable. And so I want the second chapter, I want to move straight in. I want to get the people knowing about themselves. I want to get them relating. I want to get them on board. I don't want to talk about myself for three, four <laughs> chapters. I don't so, think I think people put the book down. All in individual level. Second chapter, what would be the best name for it? Oh no. Um I would have Here's called why it you're all in, up. but all <laughs> <laughs> let's put that in there. What? That'll grab you. This is why you're fucked up. No, this not is at all. No, this the is subtitle. what's going on. No, I want to, I want to normalize stuff with people. I want to say this is what is going on, as in this like is in reality. general. This reality is the reality check. of what people are feeling. Not and so people can relate. Some people will relate to. Oh yeah, this is what I'm feeling as well. Or they won't relate. But this is a reality. People think people think people's reality is is what they post on Instagram. They compare people's outer world. So Cindy on the beach looking you know, or trim and with a boyfriend who's really happy. 
and they're comparing that outer world or their outer world with their inner world, which might be, fuck, I've had a shit day. I'm not really enjoying my job. I'm, you know, just everything's not really on point. And that messes people up. And I want to say this is what it's really like because I get to see this in private with people about what's mm. going on. And then we've got all the research that shows what people are feeling. So I, I like to think I've got like other people out there that do, uh, people that do much better work than me that are able to see it on a on another level. It's um, it's super important. So I, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to say this is the reality, not the expectation. You did in 2014 a very interesting uh, survey and you published that. You, um, correct me wrong, you had 350, 20-somethings. You call it 20-somethings uh, oh, interviewed yeah. Yeah. in developed countries. Uh, mm. It's a bit, you know, for three, four, four years ago. Is this the time score? Is this um, the one that we did with, I think, developed countries? Uh, yes, this should be yes. with and 700 people, I think. Or 700 people, yeah. And and you highlighted certain numbers. And one mm -hmm. actually really kept me thinking. Uh, 37% say they expected to be more successful than I'm... Yeah. today yes yeah, so it's that's 71% now so that study's still 71. going on it's an ongoing it's ongoing one. it's actually was, even get yeah, worse yeah well 1% worse yeah but it's 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 the same thing um, that is a big one and when I say that some people don't really get it and it um, it, it has frustrated me in the past because I don't think people understand what a big uh, piece of data that is what it is is people like you and me um, people that you know want to work want a relationship want to maybe get more money so they can be a bit freer and they can invest in things they can go on holidays you know maybe look at starting a family you know people like us the majority of those uh, either agree or strongly agree that they are they don't think they're successful as they expect it to be what that is and I said it again earlier but I just want to reiterate because it's super important that when you have a gap between what you expect and what is actually going on if your mind is feeling that I, I expect to be here I expect to be there right now mm. but my life isn't like that whether it's in a moment or it's generally you get a response that generally is stress or frustration or sadness or fear, okay? All these emotions. Now, no emotion is negative. It's just how you use them. But with that, when people, a lot of people can't understand or translate their emotions and use them effectively, we get people that have a lot more stress. Stress for a long period of time can cause uh, mental problems or mental health problems, or it can cause physical problems, okay? Stress is a huge, huge challenge for a society. So if we've got 71% right now of people that feel like that, And we've got a big challenge on our hands. You know, we we need to make sure that people are understanding and setting healthy, appropriate expectations that match reality. And the problem is, as soon as, and this is why the stat is difficult and why I get frustrated, is because when people say, you know, oh, have healthy or appropriate expectations, like, oh, whoa, 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 I've got to be super ambitious. I've got to like, aim for the stars and you know, then you hit the moon. And I get all of that and I appreciate it. But it, as I said, as I said, like three or four times now, these sorts of things are messing people's heads up. And it, it, they, they become indoctrinated to that idea that I need to progress, I need to be this, I need to be seen as this. Which But that was a language, thing. I need to, I have to, you should, know, I should yeah. by that age, should, is a danger should word. reach, you know. And this is also, this, these are the, you know, trigger words which put pressure mm. on, on young people mm -hmm. um, just to meet specific expectations, yes. which come from external factors. Yeah. Individual, one-on-one, uh, this is the reality. This is a reality, it's the second chapter. So you're going more like into the personal level. Yeah. Third chapter. Third chapter, what would it be? See, I'm quite um, I'm quite keen now to be quite hands-on and practical. Um, okay. So when people understand the reality, I want them to know that there's 
possibilities there's different possibilities i want you i want them to really get on board the idea so then they can either carry on with the book or not carry on with the book um, one of my fears and i'm glad i have this fear is going through life and having a legacy that is i put this out the other day actually of not doing good work and you know kind of half finishing stuff or never quite making it i like to do good work doesn't mean i always do good work you know sometimes i put things out there and I, I learn and things can be better but that's one of my fears so what I want with that is I want the right people to be on board and I want the right people to get that insofar as they know straight away that this is what you can do and this is what is possible for you in whatever way that you manifest it or make it yours but this is what it takes and after as I said nearly 400 people privately or these research projects um, doing stuff on the ground as I said like talks and my own experience you know all those things where people miss out the most is they are either not willing or they don't have the discipline to do the small correct steps to get them towards where they want to go. When you can start doing that, that builds momentum. It builds wisdom as well, which is vitally important, especially for people that are younger, because the difference generally in older people is they tend to have experience and wisdom. That tends to be it. People might be like, oh, no, no, no. Generally, they do. And as much as we all hate that and stuff like that, we have all the ambition, all the ideas, you can't buy experience. It's incredible. And any good manager, I believe in the workplace, will tell you that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd want people in that third chapter to get on board. And I'd want them to get on board with, to get down with some of the things that aren't as sexy, that aren't going to look as good on social media, that aren't, you're going to have to have times where you just need to grind and push through. And I want people to be willing to do that. Doesn't mean they're always going to do it. Doesn't mean they're not going to fall off course and, and you know, uh, not be able to do the day-to-day -day things, but at least get on board to commit to start doing that. That is where the magic happens. Those small steps turn into these giant leaps and the changes you get from that is mad. And I, I like to think, and I do feel that I'm a product of that. Um, I've been in that place where it's all about expectations and the next magic trick. And the, mm. I told you I took those concentration pills that... Yeah. It, Daniel, if you would have seen me, I was, I'd lost my mind with that, with those drugs. And it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And because I was trying to find a shortcut. When was that? 2015. 15. In January or February, I believe it was. I had loads of work to do. Um, the My 20-someone then, which is uh, like specifically on like millennials and, and going into businesses and uh, workshops and things like that. Um, that was struggling um, and I thought I just got to do more I've got to do more I've got to do more my expectation was through the bloody roof I'd fallen off that mm. that thing that I talked about and I just it was through the roof and yeah I just um, thought oh there's got to be a simple answer out there and Shocker. then along came modafinil the, the magic pill to cure cure all and my god that was a that was a bad idea when I look back a little bit I'm going to go back to your late uh, teenage ages um, mm. or when you just turned 18 19, 20 what was Sam like at that age? 18, 19, so 18, 19, I'd be 19, so, uh, just going know, into just uni. And, yeah, how was Sam like? Uh, um, you had always in mind, you going to work in that area, coaching in this field, mm. or, you know, helping others in this, you know, maybe always focusing on the millennials yeah. generation. Oh, no, I had no idea about that at that point. 18, okay. 19, I had no idea. I was just going to uni and just going out and just getting absolutely lit off one pound fifty double vodka red bulls that was probably the focus of my life then um i knew about mental health and it was important to me and i valued it but i had no idea about anything else you know i was just to be honest that's what i was focused on but the sam then um is very much the same and very much different uh, my core things are the same i've always wanted to be someone 
that stands out or does something differently, um, which is tough for me uh, because there's another side of me that wants to conform. You know, mm-hmm. as I said, that that's a lot of my mum and me, you know, stay in the box, be a good boy, you know, is do that's, that. That's the reason why you did study business management? Uh, well, I, Just I, to be confirmed? I think so. I mean, Cardiff University? I think so, yeah, because yeah. if you think about it now, how did, what did uni give me apart from a lot of hangovers and uh, hate for vodka Red Bull now? Um, I mean, it gave me a lot of things. I can always look for the positive stuff, but as far as jumping in and being an entrepreneur, I don't think any business studies really I haven't got any knowledge about doing x y and z I've had to learn everything by running my like you know how to build a website um so many stuff like you know why did you choose business management um sounds completely different to like mental health I had a great teacher I had a great teacher um like a lot of people I think that excel in subjects they have a teacher or a person that inspires them that's why we're talking beforehand about having the right coaches that's why I love what you're doing now over in Dubai is that if they get the right person that, you know, is, maybe gets them or, you know, does things in a different way. And my teacher, uh, Mr. Edwards, he's named Paul Edwards, and he was a business teacher. And I was just like, straight away, I was like, oh, my God, this guy. You know, I just idolized him. And um, he was amazing in so many different ways. Like, I could go in on for this for ages, but I'll just give you the basics that I started to get such a passion for it. It was such an outlet for me to think differently and not to to be seen as something to, we got to create a business that we did really well. We created these little whiteboards that you put by, it was called uh, Rememo. Shout out to Rememo, my first ever business. And um, <laughs> you, it was like a whiteboard that you put by the phone yeah. and then you marked down the uh, notes on it. It was like a little laptop shaped thing that you write down there. It's was, it was awesome, made out of acrylic. And um, we made a profit. And he would just allow me to be creative and he inspired me to see different things. And I did really well. I think I got top, top sort of 2% uh, in, I think it was top 2% or something in the UK with uh, my results got an A star and I'm not nice. academic whatsoever yeah. um, I got like E's and I got C's and some B's and stuff like that and um, yeah it was amazing so that inspired me um, I thought oh, I could do more of that in uni but it wasn't really like that my dad is great in business he's got a good business mind so I wanted to take that further so yeah it was what I was interested in I, I was you know it, it made me think and it didn't get really taken any further in uni it actually probably got dampened a bit yeah you mentioned about the professor who gave you actually the space to experiment as well I think um, this, teacher, is, yeah. this is um, that's also what I currently uh, you know experience in Dubai with uh, the coaching mm-hmm. um, that you know to some extent you can teach young people what to do but they don't know why they're doing it and they're not learning from you know from it they just execute but on the other side you need to t- coach them as well so mm-hmm. that they can find the answer so you need to give them some space mm-hmm. as well and I think what you just mentioned is the professor um, correct me if I'm wrong but the professor gave you space as well mm-hmm. to experiment yeah absolutely and I think this is you know learning by doing yeah. failing getting up but learning how to get up yeah and to try not like literally you know you have to follow a specific guidance a b c d c d and then graduated you give everybody's different and it comes down to a good leader or manager or mentor or whatever to to do it with the individual that's the skill it's an art there's no one way to do anything with people there are basics and fundamentals you can use but then again you use them differently my personality means i do things a particular way to help or guide people or even myself and you're different as well the general thing that tends to work really well that I found with me in particular is that you've got someone that wants to um, you know you may want to reach a certain goal or do something and this is what my teacher did is that they give you the base like they give you the outline on on this there's like here's the outline on this thing and then they tell you about it and they say hey this is where we need to get to um, go figure it out come back with a plan in 24 hours okay so they give you that free reign when you have that 
all the creativity and all the different ways of looking at things comes in. The reality is when they first start doing it, it's probably going to be crap. That's the reality. But that is a beautiful thing. Some of the stuff I used to do in the early days, like content I used to put out, blogs or whatever, and I did it. I remember I was so scared about putting a blog out, and it, and it was awful because I, you just don't know how to do it. What year was that? I mean, oh, first blog was from 2012, 2013, probably 2013. I put my first blog out on my first ever like coaching website. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like you give free reign, you get when Export you get free reign, yourself, yeah, literally. and then then yeah. they come back and they say, okay. Uh, this is it what about and then you, you challenge it you say okay that, that was interesting what would you do if, if this happened or what would you do if you know if, if I said this and then people they start to look at it and that's what a good that's what I feel a good again manager leader this isn't just about coaching this is just people in general that's what they're able to do and it gets people thinking sometimes you need to tell there's no getting away from that that sometimes you need to tell you say no this is the way you go because you have experience or you have insight they don't have but you can use two you know, sides of the coin. You use two different approaches to do that. So your university, you graduated in 2010? Yeah. Is that still part of the chapter three? Or would you say university, that's a complete, you know, this is just like chapter three, mm. partying, experimenting, yeah. startup entrepreneurship, mm. graduated, new chapter. Was that still chapter three? That it, education part? Yeah, you... Um... I'm not sure. I'd only talk about uni as far as the idea of not doing the should. Okay, so we said about you know, what you mentioned earlier, and then I just see it as the word should. A lot of younger people of all generations, not just millennials and not just like Gen Zs coming up and baby boomers, Gen X, it's every generation has this because you're what's known as an emerging adult, as a guy called Jeffrey Arnett would say. And with that, with that time, a lot of people focus on the word should. One of my um, mentors, a lady called Beverly Blackman, who's a, a fantastic psychotherapist, um, she talks about the word should and has that's a danger word. I went to university because I should go to university. I didn't go to university because I was passionate about it. I was passionate about business, but I could have easily started entrepreneurship from that off. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But what I would look at that is I would use that as an example of the should, you know, because if you want to do anything remarkable and let's not forget now remarkable is not about starting a business it's not about building your career remarkable is being a remarkable parent a remarkable partner relationship everybody thinks you know they just look at you know it's the one side you got to create that it's not that it's it's just human beings general if you want to be remarkable at everything it has to come from within you have to come from what you really value what your inherent innate strengths are what you really believe about the world what you're passionate about and that takes time to get to know and embody and then practice so i would say uni for me and where I'd probably take that chapter is you know not you know not conforming to the should really challenge and the only way to do that is to really go from your gut and intuition and to train that as a muscle not confirm to the should yeah not conform not mean not mean go against everything I mean god I, I don't know if you've seen it but one of my favorite things to do online and on YouTube is watch videos of these absolute <laughs> crazy people that anti like go so far the other way because they don't want to conform they become They call them, what do they call them? I don't know if you've heard of this. They're called social justice warriors, I think they're called. I heard about it. Or yeah. extreme people. That, and they go, and they cause, they just they just play the victim mentality. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them play the victim mentality. And everything's wrong and everything offends them and all that. And it's just like, they try and go the opposite way to go out there. That is unhealthy. That's just a complete opposite of the other way. So sometimes like, there's nothing wrong we could follow. There's nothing wrong with following a certain path for certain things if you want to you know model what somebody's done that's great I, i look at some entrepreneurs that i'm inspired by I also think oh they did that really well 
does that fit with me? Yeah, okay, I, I can I can take that on as well. You know, you've got to learn skills. Yeah. You can't just be blind to everything, but it has to fit with you. It has to come from your gut. It has to match your values. It's got to match who you are. And people might think that's like a sort of a Miss World sort of statement, but it, trust me, it works. If you can go from that place of gut, it, it works out. And you, you, you get all that wisdom that we talked mm. about, which is such a priceless asset, especially for young people. It's so, so priceless. What was the first thing you did straight after university? Um, I went into recruitment briefly for a few months. Absolutely hated it. Um, I had, to, if I'm really honest, I had sort of this entitlement mentality of, oh, I shouldn't be here. You know, you know, I should be much better. And, and But recruitment is also like you have to fit in. You know, like oh, recruitment, yeah. you take off some boxes mm. for the employee. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. So yeah, it could, could have been that. It didn't match match me. But yeah, a part me. of it. I and again, I talk about taking ownership and responsibility. I felt a bit entitled. I had this expectation of where I should be from that point, okay. and it wasn't right. And yet, um, got basically sacked from that job. Um, it was a bit bit hit and miss, but got basically sacked. And then yeah, it was on jobs trying to get jobs. Could not get another jobs as I said on job six allowance. Was on uh, benefits. Um, went into a quite low place. Um, And then, yeah, was in that space for about 10, 11 months. And then? Got lucky. What? Um, got really lucky. Um, one of the 300,000 jobs that I applied for was a cheese company. And it was a graduate position working in general marketing. And what they did was to go in as a graduate into Tesco because... Tesco, they needed stuff done mm. and they were a key supplier for them and to go in. So it was basically working for Tesco, but the supplier paid. I thought, oh, this looks quite legit. And I was, at the time, because I was a bit off, I was feeling really anxious. I wasn't in the space I was when I was a kid or yeah. from what a lot of people experienced, but I had what I call, and I think what a lot of people call situational depression. It's basically you're feeling depressed because of your life situation. And yeah, I felt so on edge, so anxious, um, was getting anxiety, not to the levels I'd experienced, but was getting definite anxiety. And um, yeah, I got, I went through, got to the final stage. I think it was like hundreds of people were there and I got managed to get through that, that filled with a bit of confidence. Then went to the final uh, interview then within Tesco with what became one of the most important mentors that I think I've ever had and still do. Um, I don't think he knows it. A guy called Chris Comerford um, who interviewed me with another lady. Um, had that interview, um, got the job, um, smashed it, moved up to um, just outside of London and that started the London journey. Um, but it was just such a key step to be able to do that, especially what I was experiencing, what I felt, and lower, like not my confidence a bit. I'm super proud of that, of what I did, and then went on a, you know, learned so much from that journey before starting the entrepreneurship one. So that first step, that first job, um, you yeah. mentioned about the 300,000 jobs you applied. <laughs> <laughs> Could be maybe 300,000. Yeah. Which kind of jobs did you apply to? Was it like completely random? You know, yeah. when, when you were in a panic situation, you just want to get a job done. You know, it's like yeah. you literally apply everywhere well, or were your specific focus on a specific like uh, position yeah there was two ways and I think this you know this is what I respect about people now that are going through difficult times what what, what I did was I, I was like I didn't want to be on job six allowance and I didn't want to be on benefits I mean that will get you lazy very very quickly um, it's absolutely needed I'm thank god I'm in a country um, in the UK that provides that to people because there's some people with really serious challenges but I felt like I'd been given every opportunity and I just failed um, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that I you know, look for work. So I looked for some temp work, which was, and I worked in uh, a waste factory counting like paper all day. That was my job, mm -hmm. was to count paper, which was uh, not good. Uh, I worked in Greg's Bakery, which which uh, I was a male receptionist there. I say male, not because it doesn't matter, because the reason I say male is that when I answer the phone, I've got a relatively deep voice. And whenever I answer, I was like, 
hello, Greg Southwest. And they're like, hi, yeah, can I get put through to reception? And I was like, this is reception. And like, what? And they did that. And I was like, what, what are you on about? It's like, anyone can work at reception. But, you know, it was it was that. I was I worked in a shed with a guy and his two dogs, um, getting some, like, just doing sales, I think, for him. But I was focusing on getting into marketing because a part of what I really value and one of my strengths is creativity. But not creativity as a whole, but expression. That is my key thing. When I'm at my best, I am just expressing from somewhere some way you know that's why i play music you see there's a guitar there, there's a piano by there you know i just I, I love i love that that's why i box i think i see boxing as like almost a bit like dancing you know it's uh i love that that's why i love doing things like this you know podcasts and videos and that's why i love social media because you get to interact with people and just you know talk you know i like that so i was looking for marketing but i was looking to express myself so i was focusing on things that i could do that so this expression phase this you know this time period where you got the first job and you you Yeah. Uh, worked in different jobs. Is that an own chapter? Is that you know chapter four or five where you say you know you gain specific skills, um, you grow hmm. within yourself? Is that like a chapter? It's where? in my chapter in my life. It was about that darkness, as we mentioned before, taught me a lot about what I felt was important and what or where I felt like I should be. That, I believe, is a big challenge for a lot of people. The, the, the question of who am I and what do I want is so challenging in your teens and late teens into your early mm. 20s and even into your 30s, you know, understand what that is because, one, it's a difficult question. There are so many aspects of who you are from genetically to culturally to upbringing to your there's just so much and it's so it's so hard to answer and in essence you shouldn't really answer it but what you can do is you can i just look at them as clues and that helps guide you so understanding what you value which you know that darkness gave me what was important to me expression you know things like that and many other things what i was strong at what i was weak at you know what i was doing like again a weakness of mine back then which fortunately is not one now but i never ever think that it might not creep out was like I really wanted to be liked I just wanted to be liked that was the big big thing so I, I did I I probably understood it a bit more then but I definitely didn't embody or act it until you know again early on in my even in my coaching journey and then entrepreneurial business journey what do you so um, is that the chapter where you would say is that the chapter where you Understand a little bit more in what direction you would have mm. had to. Those clues. I, I think, as people say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, in hindsight, it was uh, at the time. If I put myself back then, it's difficult. I definitely got more clues um, to what it was that, or who I was then, which yeah. then allowed to guide me. But I was still, you know, scared shitless of doing it. I mean. I was still like, oh God, I can't do that because what if that again? What if that means I'm not as liked, or, yeah. or what if I mess up and then? people look at me like that you know that was that was driving me and it drives a lot of people What other people think about you as well yeah 100 when you want to give it a name that chapter that time period mm -hmm. the chops uh different kind of chops you started with uh so with tesco and chops mm. what would be the title of that chapter do you it's, want to give almost, it a title it, yeah it almost starts as darkness i would call it darkness but then it turns into turning point i think that was the turning point um that started me on this journey this uh mission i would call it a mission um 
to yeah to get towards building something again and i want to make this super clear because people probably listen to this and i hope it doesn't come across i've had everything figured out or, or that because it wasn't at all it was a turning point to understand okay there's something more here but i do not know what that is and i couldn't have guessed what that is or what skill set i'd need or what i'd want to build and how i'd build it and yeah that that's that's for everyone wanting to do anything in any part of their life is that you don't necessarily need to know what it is you can just follow a clue or follow a breadcrumb and by following that breadcrumb taking that action you create as we said that wisdom you know i i'm proud that i'm repeating myself because people get over complicate these things if you do something whether it is a success or it's a failure you will get something from it okay you just need to look for it you'll learn from every setback as well it is yeah it is it's and you just have to trust yourself it in is. my opinion and um, and people are looking why people don't get along with that and this is this is my this is my absolute conviction now why people don't get along with that they all understand it intellectually they all understand it logically that oh you know failure is good failure is feedback all of that we all say that in our head but the problem is people don't understand that it feels fucking awful it doesn't feel good when you fail at something whether it's five minutes a day a week a year whatever it is because i don't know people that experience it but it doesn't feel good failure hurts it damages it can damage your ego it can make you feel upset it can make you feel frustrated it can make you feel scared like oh is this always going to happen so it doesn't feel good so logically they get it, but then as soon as you face up to it, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that again. You have to push through that emotion. You have to see the gift in emotion. The gift of sadness is growth. The gift of anger is energy. The gift of fear is awareness and learning and wisdom, as we said. Those are the gifts. You have to look for those gifts because emotionally it's going to suck. And not I can't, you can't, no one can tell you anything different. It does suck, but push through, you know, just get after it. I mean, just, you know, Keep why pushing. not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that the beginning of 20-something? Yeah, that was... Um, so I remember I saw <laughs> a... 20-somethings. How, how do you call it? Was it was 20-someone. Someone. That was, yeah, Some, but that was even... That was maybe a 20, little bit after. That was a little. That was a, like a little baby initially. That was... And then it grew into something. Yeah, I... It turned into some-somethings. Some yeah, I, I got... One one thing, because I've, I've kind of talked about a lot of things I get wrong, so I think I've earned something that I get right, is that I'm able to look at things and build them slowly. Like mm -hmm. as in... Um, I'm able to see something and then gradually I a great bit of advice that actually can say it much better than I can put it is that look at things as a project um, then a business so it's like a project a product even then a business like move into that people say oh I'm, I'm, I'm in business or I'm an entrepreneur I have Everything achieved entrepreneur. you know I have achieved everything yeah, already. And, and they put I, that they I, put I arrived I arrived it adds leisure's pressure yeah. just I'm going to do a project that is about selling XYZ or just creating something pretty cool see as a project don't worry about it do it do it on the side just see it as a project and i've always na more naturally been good at that probably because i'm a, maybe a little bit more cautious and i've had to work on risk taking and yeah that's just a huge thing and it, when it started then is i somehow saw an advert for i was getting really getting into my like personal development and stuff like that and starting to see different people and i thought oh this is wicked and i started listening to tapes and all that as the, the, the typical thing and um yeah i saw an advert for coaching and I went along to this coaching thing. Uh, it was like a so two-day immersion course. So you went directly into coaching, or no, you I thought went, I, of like coming up with a product you sell to? I went. I went coaching because I thought, oh, that's a cool skill that I'd like to learn. Okay. And I was already thinking about business, and I'd already had business ideas, um, and had followed through on a few business ideas. I had a business idea now that um, this is a good one. I uh, I came uh, came up with an idea um, that is now quite popular, which is to do with breakfast drinks. I saw a, a gap in the market of the category, so. Um, where you get 
the nutrition that you need for your breakfast so proteins nutrition stuff like that in a drink so it's like breakfast on the go so i had that and what i wanted to do was do it in a very specific way which i'm not going to tell you because i might still do it um but <laughs> the specific way of doing it but the other side of it and what all my business mentors were because i went used to go to an east london business school which were awesome back in the day and they were like um oh yeah uh, you want to actually do this uh, in the shops and instantly this this wasn't right for me and then all of these different big barriers that came up and I was still pretty young at this time I was 22 I think it just put so many barriers up that I then got the fear and went back and then yeah to, uh, a year and a half later a few different products opened now Weetabix have their own product um, this one's called Refuel that you see in like Tesco and all that and it's great but here's the thing a lot of people th- a lot of people would say oh I came up with that idea that was it bullshit if you if you don't action it and it doesn't come true I mean I watched the social network last night again with um, Mark Zuckerberg and the, the people sued him because they said they saw his idea, there might be some, he might have done some naughty things, Mark Zuckerberg, but he still made it into reality. He didn't, he turned an idea into something tangible. And that's what it is. I have no right of that. I can go, oh my God, we are big still. I could have done that. No, I didn't do it. So right. At the end of the day, it's just an idea. Yeah, and that's why I've never eaten Weetabix since. Yeah, each individual, (laughs) (laughs) each individual actually turned the idea into a, you know, something. Yeah, it can go in any direction. To be honest, it's and and another day is a team, Mm -hmm. and that's that's what it's all about. Tell me a little bit about the first few months, about when you started twenty someone. Oh, um, so when I got into the coaching, I started to get clients and then build it into what twenty age someone. What were you? When, when I was twenty three, twenty two, twenty three. I was um, so sort of super young, um, super naive, really naive. So you wanted to coach same age. Yeah, I Actually, did. Uh, but uh, even then, like my oldest client uh, was sixty three. My youngest client has been fifteen over the years, um, and. They've been, they've had just as much success, and I've been, to be honest with you, just as confident. Again, it could be naivety, but I do that. I learn from every session I'm in. Even now, we talked about complacency earlier. I try my best to never be complacent with coaching. I had a session this afternoon um, with somebody at two, and it was very focused on their business and coaching with their business, but it was mostly coaching, not mentoring. And when it's going along, I'm still looking after that. Okay, what can I? How can I challenge them a bit differently? What, what could mm-hmm. I? What could I planted? You know, those things. I'm always trying to look because if you don't do that, you you lose it between the ears. You know, you don't. You're not as sharp, and you want to. And again, this is I don't always get this right, but you want to be seeking to always improve slash stay sharp slash see things a little bit differently. And the first few months where I moved into like build twenty someone. Um, I I was I started off really well. I thought, oh, this is easy. You know, this is going to be great. This is going to get me. It's going to make me like really well known and stuff like that. I was still yeah, twenty three as I said, uh, twenty two, twenty three. That was still driving me, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I did well very quickly. I, within two three months, I'd nailed some like pretty cool clients. Got some cash in. I thought this is easy. I'm going to nail this, and then the world came crashing down when I became complacent. Mm-hmm. As we said, uh, the ego took over. Uh, my limitations or weaknesses are taken over instead of leading with my strengths and being smart. Um, and yeah, lost it all, lost loads of money. The five grand investment I got from my granddad who um, left stuff behind for us, which I'll be eternally grateful, that was all gone within like six months. Um, and yeah, it's. I remember going home then. Uh, was it, it must have been Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas. Um, it was about a year after it started thinking, I cannot afford Christmas presents. And I was the rationality I was at then um, and this is just my mindset at the time. I was like, I need to steal something because I felt so ashamed. I felt so ashamed yeah. that I wouldn't be able to do stuff like that. And as I said, this is a, you know, 
I've come from a like a I'm very fortunate to have the parents I have and, and come from just like a normal middle class background I was thinking like I need to go steal something and not that I'd ever would have done it but like I was that's where my head was at because I felt so embarrassed that I'd messed up but it was humbling and you know I've made mistakes afterwards but never quite as big as that you mentioned in one of the uh, posts um, mm. two ca characteristics um, of 20 somethings first of all uh, are going through many transitions mm -hmm. And they also question themselves of who they are. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Um, was that the same case in your... Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, your early 20s? Transitions are always happening. We're mm -hmm. always transitioning. It's just, I would distinguish them between like mini transitions, you know, like things that just happen that you can be unconscious of really. I mean, you could be conscious about some of them, like decisions and different changes in your life. And then there's bigger transitions, like almost like evolving, almost like I put it like the, I said it earlier to my client for enough, like Pokemon, when you evolve mm. from, I don't know my Pokemon, but like Pikachu to Raichu, whatever. I, only I was looking the for your help. Pokemon, I, need, I have no I idea about the characters. I needed your help. And, um, <laughs> no, um, Tamagotchi in the 90s. Oh, That's okay. the only word which I know, but it's not related to Pokemon yeah. at all. <laughs> there we go. But about them evolving, you have those big changes. And yeah. a, a, a guy, a really smart guy called James Marcia, um, did a lot of work on identity and the transitions that a lot of people face and it's moving or the movement from different identity stages as they're known uh, things like identity um, achievement um, god I'm forgetting them off the top of my head now which is um, oh I've completely forgotten them anyway um, you move through four different stages and it's basically exploring and commitment okay about like who you are and you either you're in an ex exploring stage or you're in a commitment stage you're either really committed to something or you're really not or you're exploring, or you're not, and um, it moves across those t um, those different four different quad that of that quadrant, if you will. And a lot of people are moving through that. They're trying to figure out stuff. They're trying things out. They may be confused, or they may be committed to something, but they may be committed to the thing that's not quite right for them. You want to move to a stage or identity achievement where you are committed to something, but you're open to other things coming through. So you're committed to okay, this is what I value. These are, as I said, my innate strengths. These is like my life story and, and and where I've come from and how I attach to the world around me. But you also want to be open to other stuff. You know, to learn things, to have experiences, good or bad, that can push you towards a new, uh, more just you with more depth. Really, it's mm -hmm. just to get deeper and deeper into that sense of who you are and purpose. I think many looking for an answer, literally. Mm -hmm. Who am I when they are questioning themselves? As like said, the final, final, final answer. And it's not always going to be the case because you're changing over time as well. No. Who you were a couple of years ago is going to be different when you are in the 30s or 40s, so even, you know, within uh, 20s. Mm. How would you describe this, uh, the beginning, when you started 21? Uh, 21, yeah. uh, If you put it in a chapter. How would I describe it? Uh, what is the title or what would be, what would be the name of this chapter? excitement I was so excited and so it's really excitement I don't know just uh, excitement yeah I, you know we can tell throughout this podcast that I need some <laughs> coaching on how to write subtitles and titles but <laughs> it's actually very difficult yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah. when you want to summarize something you know yeah. it's one word you don't want it to summarize it actually it's, it's how I felt I felt excited uh, and I and I had a lot of belief in myself which mm -hmm. is strange saying that because you talked about earlier about what you like as a teenager for that didn't have that uh, like self-belief um my self-esteem was low i had low self-esteem but when i had that it re i really felt like my self-esteem was in a much stronger place 
even back then was in a much stronger place and still needed work but was there and I had a real belief and I said part of it can be naivety I think I think anybody with any sort of ambition needs a little bit of naivety for stuff because it's hard you know it is hard so you've got to be a bit naive to the amount of work it takes and all the other factors that make something successful or not successful and it was a time in my life where even though things around me on paper weren't looking superb like I committed a lot of money I'd made a lot of sacrifices I put lots of pressures on different relationships like friendships or romantic relationships but I still felt excited I, I felt like I I felt like I was on course I was on the path of something again didn't completely know I'd have an idea of what it might be but even those have changed since then um, but I, I felt like in the present which is so important just in the present I felt like okay I'm on to something Mm-hmm. I'm onto something happening. Tell me a little bit about All In. Mm. That's where you yeah. would say that it's closer to where you want to... Yeah, that's you, it. When you were looking for something, it's is it closer to where yeah. you are? It's it. Wanted to be? It is exactly it. It oh, is. Oh. All In is something that has come out of not just me, as in it's an extension of who I am and what I am and what I practice to the best of my ability as a, as a human being who makes mistakes it's also based upon all of the on the ground in the trenches the research the hours behind the scenes that I try and post online and show where I'm just like uh, like you know haven't shaved in old I, clothes exactly you, yeah. you're actually very you know natural as well I mean you are I try to be. like you're not fake yeah I try and to that's be. very important as well and right can see that as a reflection on social media you know the activity as well people react to that yeah i hope i hope so i because I, I, I can live with myself then I, I can definitely can like and all in is is all of that has come into a place and it's put then all the things that i've learned from as far as growth and development and how what actually works to grow and to change you need you need a few different things you need the right things that make sense okay so as in like the right exercises or approaches that make sense those then need to be customizable or tailored you need to be able to make them your own they've got to be malleable for you i can't say this is exactly what you do okay that might motivate you but it you need to own it as we said ownership mm -hmm. you know you need to have that you need to have that responsibility um they need to be small They need to be consistent, okay? People always talk about consistency. People always talk about, you know, breaking it down. They need to be. This isn't rocket science. You also, a big one, is you need accountability. You need to be able to answer to someone, not just yourself as well. So All In then became this research-backed workbook that works over three phases where all of them have a specific focus on changing something, understanding who you are, um, building that from the ground up and or the inside out, and then applying it, building the right habits and actually practically applying it so you get, as we talked about, wisdom. And not just having that workbook, which is sick, and shout out to um, Alex Pollard, who did the workbook for us, who's just a genius. Not just having that, but then having the support of two things. One, your own designated support coach, who I was talking about um, earlier, or one, one in particular I was talking about earlier, about them supporting you, guiding you, motivating you, giving you something to hold accountable for, but also your work group as well. You need that because it's so hard to do an exercise program, uh, a, a mind program, or any sort of learning uh, process if you're not accountable. People fall off the horse. Do you, do you yeah. want to hear an amazing fact? 78% of people that buy a program, whatever it is for exercise, for your mind, for growing your business, 70% of them who buy it don't start it. 
that's the thing. It's just a satisfaction, uh, you know, the short term. I have done I something. It. I'm closer to where I wanted to be just by purchasing it. I hate it. I, that that is yeah. such a drive for me. I, I put something it, on, on the group the other day um, and online. It's just like I would, if I, if I, let's say that I made a load of money off All In, I've invested so much into it. And as you can see now, I, you know, I'm in quite humble we're in quite a humble space now in my house because I've sacrificed it because I want to put all my men to it. I don't get, I don't need to live in a fancy place. I don't need to do, I don't need to fake stuff. I need to make this work because as I said before, this is bigger than me. And with all of this and with understanding that all in and providing all this stuff, I would hate it to be seen as, okay, you know, all the people who bought all in, 78% of people didn't start it or even didn't complete it. That, if I built a lot of say, money off that or, or things like that, I'd feel empty. That wouldn't fulfill me at all. So that's like, again, a bit of a fear for me. Yeah, so. you mentioned on the website, it's find true direction, let go of baggage and build unshakable confidence. Yeah. Like a summary. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any negative feedback? You know, when people, you know, using no. this workbook um, or like constructive feedback of like, mm. you know, it's it doesn't bring me to where I go. Mm. Well, I feel like mm. I should go ahead or yeah. something. Is there something where you received some feedback from other people? Yeah, um, I am. I did a video the other day that was talking about one of the successful traits in entrepreneurs I've met is they are willing to have feedback and really willing to do that. And the feedback we've had from people on the program has been amazing. And I'm not just saying that. You know, mm. I I look to say things that show both sides of the coin but generally in that place it doesn't mean we won't have it mm-hmm. i'm sure people that even people that buy the program the program's awesome but it comes down to ownership and responsibility i can i can and so can our coaches and the workbook give you everything that you need and tailor that but there's no doubt that people will go th- and they just won't you know whatever i think it'll be very small because we've done great work and we're always improving it but yeah i've no doubt but what we have done which is brilliant is uh on the website so even that what you just said then that's now changed on the website mm-hmm. of what it describes and we've, you know, one of the things I've been doing the last 48 hours and spending hours and hours and hours and hours and very late nights on is getting feedback, a second round of feedback on the website of what it describes, what it delivers. And some of it is scathing. Like they pull no punches and you're like, whoa, like that. But you've got to front up to that. Like, because that will make it better. I, my mindset for it is like, there are people coming on this website and I know not all of them. Some of them, it's just not for them, and I get that. I'm not. I'm not delusional that everybody needs this. That's just marketing bullshit. There's some people that don't need it or won't be right for them. That's fine. But a lot, I think, a large proportion of people that go on there could really get fantastic benefit out of it. But yet they're not buying it. So it's not them. It's me. I've in some way, I've let them down or I've let the process down. Because as I said, the whole purpose of all in is to get into many hands as we can. Because I believe in it. I don't believe it is some universal panacea where it like solves every single life problem no and i don't believe that it's not um against human error like people you know, you've got to put in the work mm. I, I hope none of this conversation is any of think of me that i can just give you a magic pill because it's not what i believe but we've given you everything that you can do and will continue to do that to mm. get it to that stage and that for me is exciting but it's also a challenge and yeah this feedback that we got and i'm just i'm making the changes you've got to you've got to leave the ego at the door and do you think yeah they're right i am actually that is a stupid thing to put on the website <laughs> <laughs> i mean you've got to listen to the feedback i just came from a management 3.0 workshop and i've been a lot involved in i don't know if you know of management 3.0 uh, management 3.0 is like a global um it's kind of a global movement as well global like a community nice. looking into enhancing team building 
uh, team spirit within the team through different exercises. Uh, one of the exercises are moving motivators. We're looking into the key strengths, but also learning to find the key strengths from your colleague or your t other team members so you know how you can better support them. <laughs> Another model or exercise is the feedback rub. And that's very similar to what you said. Giving feedback is something we forgot in our society. It's not necessarily has to be negative. It can be also positive feedback, but either positive or negative, it has to be constructive. And also to say how I feel. Yeah. So when, for example, um, I don't know exactly in details what people say on your website, but mm. they will feel something. Mm. Based on that feeling, will be the reaction, mm. and then they will tell you what they don't mm. like. But what it triggers in them mm. is usually the start of you know giving feedback. Mm. And just the fact that they give you feedback means actually already something mm. because they want to improve the whole, you know, all in. They mm. want to contribute to improve mm. it. Absolutely. It's actually itself already uh, positive. 100%. And I'm going to be like really blunt on this and really direct with people um, because I think it's important. Get a more healthy self-esteem. If you can build a strong self-esteem where you're at ease with yourself and you value yourself and who you are and you also value your intentions as well that you know your intentions are good like you know i think everybody has good intentions if you have bad intentions you should obviously change mm -hmm. those but work on your self-esteem so when you do get feedback and it can be critical don't rely on the other person giving you negative or uh, or positive feedback uh, for me i just fuck that I don't, I don't care about that it's me having a strong enough self-esteem that i can cope with it and then react to it in an appropriate way it doesn't mean that some of it doesn't hurt because it does mm -hmm. you think like sometimes every now and then like i'll, I'll read stuff or um, you'll get a comment or a feedback or a DM that may be critical and it'll be something, I was thinking about this to my mum fully enough, that you'll know is slightly true in the back of your mind and they'll they'll trip it and it will be that one that will like be a bit sensitive. But if you've got a healthy enough self-esteem, you'll respond to it, you know, as a human, okay? If you if all of your self-esteem or what I call other esteem is, you know, from the outside is about validation, about feet, like, you know, is it negative or positive feedback? Um, do people like this photo or not like this photo? Then yeah, you're going to be super affected, and you're going to have a, a an inappropriate or what's um, one of my mentors used to call a hysterical response, mm -hmm. which doesn't help you at all, and doesn't help the platform that you're trying to build, which is for other people. So exactly what makes you happy and makes you fulfilled, it it won't work. So um, yeah, I just say, guys, just you know, work on your self-esteem, work on your compassion towards yourself, understand yourself, be clear with yourself, be direct with yourself. And also build evidence of why you're fucking awesome as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Understand, like, what to be proud of, you know? Like, all the little things that you do or who you are, how you can really connect to those and be proud of them. You do that for a period of time, just those two simple things I just said, and that will start to build self-esteem. And then from that, you respond from here or from the inside, and you're not as impacted or at the whim or the mercy of the outside world. I can see your book actually similar to the All In workbook. <laughs> yeah. How you actually feel when you're reading the chapters as well. Yeah. I think this is, you know, when you're slowly reaching the end of the chapters, you know, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. I think it's very similar to like the, uh, the workbook yeah. you designed. Yeah. Last chapters are all about the future. What mm. could be the next chapters for you? Yeah, well, I've got all my goals for this year, next year and 2020. Um, they all become clearer and more obviously as you get okay. close to each one um i love my favorite things to do uh, myself is to be around people is talking about these sorts of things so that means being on podcasts that means um 
being challenged, being on point. It means doing live sessions on Instagram. I don't know if you catch them, but I do live sessions every Wednesday and being once, on my toes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. Uh, so uh, I challenge. love that. I love being on my toes. So I like, I like prove myself. I, I on, um, what I do in talks. Okay. So public speaking is what is the number, is it number one fear or something? I heard like most people fear public speaking more than they do death or being embarrassed flying or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, that, so I like public speaking. Like I think it's amazing. I love it. And, most professional public speakers will tell you the most difficult thing to do in public speaking is to get somebody up on stage and change them. So I do that, okay? So I do the things that public speakers are afraid of because for me, it gives provides me that intensity. It makes me challenge myself. It makes me prove it. And again, even though it may go slightly wrong sometimes, it's not wrong as in like, oh my God, the world's implodes. It's not, it's just, it's human. It's as I come, if we go full circle back to the beginning of the conversation, it's about being at ease with yourself is being open and willing to not get it right and to learn and adapt. Like I've, I've always loved that. So the future for me is about doing more things that challenge me in person. I would love, absolutely love to get a show on, I'll say TV, but it'll probably be YouTube in the future, wouldn't it? But like a shoot a proper show where you know, people change, whatever that is. And I can be a help with that or people around me can be a help with that. Um, that would be it and that would be awesome from a personal perspective um, but from an actual what I like really care about which is about the community in Sinacro I just want all in and what it teaches and the people within it like the I, I think of them as leaders so people that like you know comment and get involved and do all different stuff like that I'd like to see them start to develop stuff, like genuinely develop stuff, like whether it's things along the lines of what they've done or it's... Do you see them or... also in the future chapters as... so that people we're currently coaching, the people we currently support, are they actually supporting others in the future as well? Yeah, they could So do. it's like, is that something down the line where you are planning to hope to get out as well in a couple yeah. of years to say, these are the people who can actually replace me? Yeah. Well, listen, you know... You know like being replaced is actually one of the most beautiful things. Yeah, but, you know... But you are not in need anymore. Mm. Or is that... I don't know. Yeah, that that'd be... All, and, you know, I've, I've thought about that before, um, where it's like, well, you know, because the end, you know, the, you want to help people, so then is the end goal that everyone's got the help they need? You know, is that it? But I quickly overcame that by looking at... I still get mentoring and coaching and development. Why would I sell this stuff I don't believe it you know why would I why would no sorry why would yeah sell this stuff I don't get it myself is what I mean yeah. so I always invest in myself um sometimes it's hard to do that as I said I'm from a business perspective and all you entrepreneurs out there and, and I'm sure you experience this you've got to put not just time and energy you've got to put resources you've got to put money behind yourself you do there's no it's the way the world works so I'm willing to do that so it's sometimes hard to invest in yourself by like saying like buying this or buying that but you know you still got to do it you know you still got to do that and I would love for a place where we just start to lower these figures that I'm talking about. So the figures that we talked about, the 71% expect to be more successful, uh, 43% that struggle to get close to people, uh, the happiness, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the happiness thing that goes across all the countries basically and doing that, it's called the happiness report or something. Happiness index report. Yeah, it might be that, yeah, yeah. I, I keep forgetting. But there's something else called the MMPI scores, which measures loads of things. There's different types, but the one that measures symptoms of depression and anxiety, so the more extreme parts of, uh, of well-being they're at the highest levels or at least they were a year ago uh, since the 1930s um, when it first started so that that just I just don't I don't like that you know I mm -hmm. just I and if I can have some sort of impact on that and not just me but then the people that like I'm bringing up as mm -hmm. like as I said the support coaching team and people within the all-in community if they can impact that as well 
because that that's it. I, I haven't got one person like I can't do it. Even if I let's say come up with it and then like this particular thing, or anything else that's good. I see there's loads of stuff out there that aren't all in that are really good, like that are really good for helping you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's aspects of fitness or it's aspects of yoga or meditation, there's amazing things out there. Let's get them louder. You've got to make positivity and progress and things that actually work. You've got to make them loud because unfortunately, what is loud is things that are not good. Where you've got this, excuse my language, with this, these assholes that are standing in front of Lamborghinis and big houses that they've rented, saying, oh, "I can make you six figures in 24 hours." It's complete rubbish, and they'll do that and then that gets loud because maybe they have got money to spend and those adverts then had hundreds of thousands of views and you get people that are not as um, far along the journey yet that maybe get sucked into that and they end up losing a lot of money or they end up losing things and that we've got to make good things a bit louder so All In I believe is one of those um, but other things as well you know just anything that lowers these uh, these not so good figures that we're seeing mm-hmm. I think this when you're talking about the figures it's all about the likes the numbers mm. you know being seen on social media. Gotta get them likes. Likes is all about Gotta like get a them lo- it's, a, it's a currency in, in, in another day, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Um, one of the last questions I was really keen to know is um, how important is for you the community abroad? So you have a lot of people here in the UK. Mm. Do you have currently? Uh, how big is the community abroad outside of UK? Yes. Do you also like aim to like focus more on them as well when it mm. comes to different languages or when it comes to, you know, in a workbook could be translated? Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe you're learning a, a new language. Thing. You're that, trying to cross a different language. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge thing that, um, that I definitely want to do with the language yeah. stuff. Uh, right now, um, the figures uh, roughly across e- like email, social media, all the different things that you can measure from there so yeah UK dominant that tends to be where it is just because of I'm in the UK and, mm-hmm. and that tends to be it um, then after that it's the US which is pretty big um, as well and then into Europe one thing that fascinates me and I haven't answered this yet so this is literally like my own thing is like what I can do for like non-developed countries I'm just putting it in the back as non-developed so countries that maybe have not got as good an economic situation or these things are almost seen as a luxury. You know, it's like what impact I can have there. That for me, we talked about future and we talked about like talking about community abroad. That for me is the next big thing. It's like, what can I do specifically to focus on that? Because there's millennials, you know, which I don't just focus on, but if you just focus on millennials for for now, like millennials in developed countries versus non-developed countries uh, is a vast, vast difference in what that is. And then you can't just bracket into millennials. There's different cultures that have different challenges and different, you know, uh, strengths. And there's so many moving parts. I would love to be in a stage where I've really nailed this, you know, and built it into something that is, uh, as I, the things I in the right hands of the right people, and we hit the numbers that we want to hit to, you know, really, really expand. Um, and then yeah, start to solve some of those problems because I don't know how to solve it yet. But I would love to be in a position. Um, sometime in the near future to do that. Great. Where can people find more information about you? We look into the reference index page. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where can we find more information about you? So first thing where you can catch me like just on the ground and just doing stuff off the cuff, you just go onto my Instagram, uh, which is at Sam Jones 20 or spelt uh, no numbers. And then from that, you can get where well, you can get more information, and I'm doing more of this soon. But um, on our website, which is www.allin.uk.com, there's blogs on there. Um, we're releasing a really cool video in like uh, was it a month? We're shooting on the 23rd of April, so yeah, in about a month's time. So 
by the time this comes out, it will start to be up. Uh, and just do that. But, you know, reach out, I think. I'm always open. I respond to 90, 95% of my DMs, except for the 5%, 10% are quite odd. Um, but I respond to it because I like talking to people. I like getting challenged by stuff. I might not always be able to deliver what I can because it's just a message, you mm-hmm. know. Nothing beats being in person or, to be honest with you, being on the program. That's why I sell it because it works. But, you know, reach out and just, you know, wh- whatever that is. And it's just good to talk. And then you see people now. We do this... Um, free uh challenge five day challenge on my instagram i don't know if you've seen it and it's like a five day challenge on there it's on the highlights on my page and you can see it on the website and from that you just do five days and keep yourself accountable you either post it up or you dm me and i keep you accountable because it's cool to see people do stuff like people have posted even today on their stories about them doing this five day challenge i was like he's mad i just put you put something how crazy is today you put something on your story say oh do you want to try this and then you give them some options and then people are are doing it in, in random random parts of the world just, yeah. it's amazing you, know. you mentioned once on uh, Instagram where you ask a question kind of you started an experiment uh, by saying free use free emojis uh-huh. to describe your life yeah what emojis do you have right now Emo- right now emojis right now are with all in and yeah oh for all in it's all in like Current yeah. present, yeah. Yeah, all in is the uh, again. Smiley. You can't see this visually. Uh, no, it's yeah, the, it's the. You have to the, describe it. You, see, yeah, I know, you know they're like. I think it's like the word symbol where you've got like your little finger out and your thumb out and then your three is in there like that little Fist hand in the emoji. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Um, so that's it because the whole point of all in is for to be accessible, to be cool, to be down to earth for some reason or another. I don't know why. I found that that is represented in this. Um, I also see like a little um, little rocket. Um, so you know like the rocket emoji that goes up the mountain yeah that's the mountain part uh, no it's just like a, a, a space rocket ah the rocket yeah the rocket yeah, yeah, cool. okay, um, yeah. that I, I do that because um, we you know we're four or five months into launch um, we're getting unbelievable feedback from people on there but you know we're still growing any business takes a while for people to sign up and to build momentum um, so we're launching we're going through but it feels like a rocket it feels like it's going the right direction that's great and the final thing I'd do weirdly which none of no one's going to get but probably my closest friends will get is probably the duck emoji because <laughs> I like to think even though sometimes I can be I can maybe like all of us we can sometimes take ourselves too seriously but I like I've got a really expression is a big part of what I value but I also really value playfulness in people and in myself I like to like you know there's a time to work and there's a time to like be playful and be silly and, and to laugh about yourself yeah and I just the duck emoji I always put I just do it on whatsapp with like my, fr- my friends or whatever. Like, you do a joke and then just the duck emoji comes in so I just see that all in is as, a, as much as it's backed on research as much as it's you know to do you know make you happier more purposeful which you can call serious things in life or whatever but at the end of the day you want to have fun you can't take yourself too seriously we're only here for a set amount of time this time right now is not a dress rehearsal we're, we're in the game right now so have a bit of fun don't take yourself too seriously so yeah those three things and the duck emoji <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful ending <laughs> with that emoji actually we in thought that. at the beginning we'd finish with the duck emoji <laughs> we ruined it all you went all in yeah correct I think that's it thank you so much thank you long podcast thanks for taking the time I'm gonna look out for more of these emojis now <laughs> <laughs> and think about what they actually cause in you you know maybe you're feeling more excited more happier yeah. or etc yeah. direction thank you very much thanks sir thank you thanks wow what an inspiring talk with this book title all in happy people win it definitely touched an important point during that podcast I definitely won't forget what he emphasizes As he said, you've got to be able to express. 
forgive what it is who you are. I can't even phrase it better. He likes to get to the point, lots of chapters, but short ones, straight into the topic. His authentic style on social media is as Sam as it is in real. Did you know that 78% of people purchasing an exercise program to grow their business and personality and don't even start that? I even didn't know that. And you know, Sam is an incredible speaker, as you heard. He's putting facts on the table which are worth mentioning, especially in self-developing for young people. You can find more about Sam on Instagram at samjones20 and www.allin.uk.com. So what do you think? Please leave some comments. What do you like most from this podcast? Which chapters of other entrepreneurs, athletes, idealists, do you want to hear in your future? Please leave your comments and drop me a message on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Hope you enjoyed this talk and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Never give up, always look good.